Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. I don't think after this game we can wonder anymore if this team is tough enough. I don't think after this game we can wonder anymore if they got the guts. Because that's how they won this game. They were the tougher team. They were the gutsier team. And I am so proud of them tonight because they didn't play well, but they won. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the good and the bad and the ugly group. If you like what you hear and you want to help us out, there is a link to the description in the PayPal and your other podcast platforms. And if you donate, we will shout you out like our good friends, Mary Jo Grapp and Victoria Jackson. I've been lax in shouting you out. out. Thank you for your support for this podcast. We appreciate it so much. And my God, do I appreciate wins like this. Because it's when everything's going in and everything's flowing, you're right. It's it's beautiful and it's but it's easy to win. It's when you don't play well. It's when things are against you that you got to find it in within yourself to figure out a way. When you're not playing well as a as a team or individually, and that's what it was. You know, I mean, I'll go back up to what Bruce Stevenson said. He said that was a terrible win, but a win regardless. Doug Hines said, Doug Hines says it was a solid end of the shaky game. That was spot on. And he said something else that I agreed with. I kind of agree with. I agree we didn't play well, but we should have. Yes and no, Doug Hines, because you do have to give the other team some credit. You know, they had a really good defensive plan. And even though at times I could not understand how, they were able to keep us out of the paint for most of this game. And When you win a game like this, you really, I mean, it's so many little things. And, but it's, there's so many heroes. But let's, let's start with this. This is a game we could not have won anytime the last five, six years because we weren't a good enough foul shooting team to do so. VCU's last bucket. Are you ready for this, folks? Their final basket of the game came with 616 to go. That was Max Scholga's three-pointer, which put him ahead 52-51. That is the last stinking basket VCU scored, and they still won this game because they went 10 out of 10 down, down the stretch from the foul line. And you don't do that if you're not mentally strong enough, but you're not strong enough here, in your heart, in your stomach, in your guts. Toby Lawal is not a great foul shooter, and everybody knows it. But he steps up there in the final two and a half minutes of the game and hits four foul shots in a row. I freaking love that. I freaking love it. Because that's what it takes. That's the kind of player you gotta be. And he hadn't had a great night. And he ends up with a actually he ends up with a pretty good night eventually. 
ends up, I think, well, yeah, he ends up with 13 points. But he goes seven out of eight from the foul line after having a tough start. You know, Road Warriors Jason Coppinger, you said it, brother. That's 11 consecutive wins on the road in the Atlantic 10. And if they go to St. Bonaventure and win, then there's going to have to be some investigating about what the A-10 record is. We might be a long way off of it because I can imagine some of those great Temple and and uh, UMass teams of the 80s and the early 90s uh, would have had long winning streaks. So let's give that first call out to Toby Lawall because he made huge free throws down the stretch. And everybody made huge free throws down the stretch. You look – let me go back to the let – let, let's go to the second half stats, and this just shows you right here. 13 of 15 from the foul line, and they make their last 10. So that's how you win when you shoot 43% from the field. And you're, and you're 30% from three, and here's the other key. They took all them threes in the first half, started out hot, got cold. By the way, Jason Hutto, wherever you are, you were right, and I was wrong about that. But they, they, they wheeled it back a little bit in the second half. And let's call out, let's call out somebody like Jason Flippin' Nelson because he had a tough night. He was missing, and we were getting frustrated with him with some of those threes. But he makes a huge three when they were coming back from nine down. And then how about some big steals at the end of the game? You know, that is that is absolutely tremendous. Bill Baldacci, great comment. He says six turnovers. I think they only had like three in the second half. Yeah, they only had three turnovers in the second half. That's another thing that in the past we would have turned it over too much to win a game like this, shooting the way we were and struggling the way we were from three, especially in the after the after the hot start. But we didn't turn it over. Chris Conway, they played with a lot of heart. This is this is a game they can't win last year, two years ago, three years ago. Really the last 10 years, except for the Bo, except for Bones Highland's second year, they're not winning this game. Not making a basket in the final six minutes. There's no way they're making that many free throws. Um he didn't, you know what, uh, Everett, I'll say this. I didn't see it nearly as much from Max Shulga today, that little head throwing back thing as much. And I don't know what that I don't know what that is. I ain't gonna credit this show because I don't know if I doubt that he listens, but I don't think he did it nearly as much today because I felt like I would have I would have noticed it. And that's a great comment, Jason Hutto. Nelson makes up with Steele's assists and sheer hustle. Yes. And yes, Kathy Richardson, you have to give it to to, to Ryan Odom with the foul shooting. Because quite literally. VCU probably in school history has never fought, shot foul shots this good, ever. And here they are. They make eighty-one percent tonight, seventeen to twenty-one. And we and I said it at the last time out. The way they're going to win this game, because at that point they were in the bonus, is they've got to go for the. They've got to go for the. For, they've got to go to the basket and they've got to get fouled. And they did it. Yeah, we got to – the funny thing is, Bill Baldacci, in the first half, in the first half, I think we had eight – yeah, we had seven assists on eight field goals. So we didn't get a ton of assists in the second half, five of ten. Uh, but we did – we were getting assists when we could make shots. It's just we couldn't hardly make them. And let's – you know, Shulga – and amazingly, 17-21, and Shulga misses two of them. You can't believe that. But what a night he had, 5-9 and nine from the field. He hit a lot of those threes early, and then he has the big three late, five boards as well. 
Um, yeah, they, and they did, uh, Jason Hutto. They absolutely killed us on the backboard. If we'd lost this game, we'd be talking about that for a while because, goodness gracious, minus 13 on the backboard, minus 8 on offensive rebounds. About the only good thing is that we really didn't pay the price for it because they got 13 offensive rebounds. They only got 14 points. It's 14 to 4, uh, and it was 6 nothing. So, again, you know, we didn't get absolutely murdered on that in the second half. Uh, and, again, some of that was they're getting inside, and when somebody gets inside and gets to the basket, you're so worried about that, you leave your man, and if they miss, they get the offensive rebound. That happened a lot tonight. There was a couple of times when they just stood there and didn't get them. Um, and, yes, you know, the, the, the frustration thing is there's no reason with the size that VCU has, I mean, because really the only – the only guy you could call undersized is, is Jason Nelson. And, again, he's, he's going to hustle for everything he can get out there, so you're not really worried about him uh, when it comes to that compared to other people. Uh, yes, we did cover the spread because I think the spread was one and a half. Um, but you shouldn't be getting out-rebounded by 13, and you shouldn't be getting out-rebounded by eight on the offensive boards because there were two or three offensive rebounds where they just stood there and let Davidson get it. And I just couldn't understand it. I could not understand it. But, again, down the stretch, did a better job of that. The shot fakes were an issue. Bruce Stevenson, you brought that up. That was frustrating me in the first half. They did a way better job on that in the second half, especially at the end. Um, because, look, you know, it was interesting the way Davidson played it. Um, granted, they're not nearly as good a three-point shooting team before, but you still expect them and some of that Skogman being out. They, they didn't shoot threes at all. Not until the very end of the half. They did not shoot a lot of threes at all. They only shot eight. And I think about three or four of those came in the last four minutes. So they basically gave up on the three-pointer because they were getting inside and they were getting shots at the basket. But what a win. What a win. And again, just, there's heroes everywhere in games like this. You know, Shulga, Shulga had a couple of great defensive moments out there, especially the one that caused the shot clock violation. That was terrific. He did a good job. Bearstow had a couple of big rebounds down the stretch. Um, and, you know, we were frustrated with him early. But you know what? I'll give Bearstow some credit. He just he basically was like, all right, my shot's not there. I'm not going to force it. And he didn't. He didn't force it. And so as a result, you know, he only makes one field goal tonight, but he gets four assists, which is good. He gets five rebounds. He played some tough defense. You know, that's, that's uh, and you got to find other ways to contribute when you don't score and you're having a tough night. He did that. Chris Conway, thanks for joining us as always. Jason Hutto, you were right about that. And in the middle of the, in the, middle of the game, they couldn't hit any threes. They missed, I think, eight or nine in a row at one stage. They did reel back on that in the second half, and they got a couple of big ones. Nelson hit a big one, and, of course, the last basket we made was Shulga's, and that was the big difference. Uh, uh, <laughs> Kathy Richardson, their, their, state, their student section, I mean, that, that's that all that all – I mean, they were in the regular shorts in the first half, and I'm like, well, that's good. At least we're not seeing them in the budgie smugglers. Then they busted that mess out in the second half, and it's like, God, 
This is the last thing I want to see, but I, TCU made the foul shots anyway, so it didn't work. God bless them. That was a, they did a great job. Again, I can't stress it enough. To win a game that way, when you're not hitting from the field and things are just not going your way, you can't get, you know, they, 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 they struggled to get the ball inside most of the night, and you go to the foul line and you steal it that way. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. And and look, it, it's like you say, Carlos Diaz, it's the bell. You know, there were some real questionable calls that went against us. But, again, we got a bunch of calls in the second half, too. That's how we got to the foul line so much. Uh, they were locked in on BAM. But you know what, Brian Schneider? Joe Bamisil got out over his skis a little bit. Because, remember, he hit his first couple three-point chances. And then all of a sudden – like one of his threes, he's kicking his foot out. And I'm looking at him going, Joe, you freaking are red hot. Why are you messing with your messing with the way you're jumping and the way you're setting up to shoot a three to try to draw a foul? That's crazy. You no 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 Joe. Don't do that stuff. Don't you start that. And the ref didn't call it because the ref's not supposed to. So that that's that's ridiculous. David Ellis, that's a good question about Fats Phillips, because I'll be honest, the way we were struggling out there, especially defensively at times, I'm wondering if Fats Phillips might have been a little bit of a better matchup in terms of his body type out there to guard some of their guys. Because Kachera, golly Moses, he wore Kawani out tonight. And I th- I just wonder if, if, if Fats might have done a little better against Connor Kachera. That said, Kawani had a couple of threes tonight, and he did have a couple of good plays. He had a very nice steal uh, that was kind of part of uh, coming back a little bit. I would have liked to have seen Fats tonight, but again, he is prone to the breakdown on defense and having a little bit of a slip there. Granted, they were all doing that to a degree tonight. Um, Jason Hutto, that's the key. The re- when you win tight games – Oftentimes, it's because you are clamping down and you're finding a way to make some defensive things happen. Yeah, Bell didn't play at all the second half. And honestly, I think part of that is they were struggling on offense, so they felt like they couldn't put Bell out there. And defensively, you know, they had their breakdowns here and there. But you look at defensively, they're doing a good job on Davidson. So you say to yourself, you say to yourself, uh, you don't need to put Bell out there because it's not like Davidson was on fire. Second half, they were 9-25, 36%. They only hit that one three, which was which really, that's Kawani falling down, and by the time he gets back up, he doesn't drift over to, I think it's Durkin, and he hits the three. That's the only three they hit the whole second half. So that was, you know, that wasn't really even against our set defense uh, for the most part. Um What's going? And again, I think with Fats, I just think I'm looking at that and I'm saying that Rhino's like I don't know if we can lose it defensively. We can lose we 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 can lose defensively. What we might lose if Fats is out there, and I think he's just worried. I mean, offensively, I think I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one for me because again, I I would have liked to have seen Fats on Kachera a little bit just to see what would have happened and to give. Kawani Kawani a break um, but they they went with what they went with I want to praise 
Then I want to praise uh, Ryan Odom and the staff. I thought they used Zeb Jackson perfectly tonight. You know, 19 minutes for Zeb Jackson coming off, coming off the you know the back injury, the back spasms. You've got to be careful with that. He needed to be in there in the stretch, and he was. And you know what? It's his drive to the basket uh, where he gets fouled and makes the two free throws that I think puts them ahead for good. That was absolutely huge. So I love. I want to. I want to really call them out for that and call Zeb out for that because look. He's an 80% foul shooter, but he hasn't played in a week, couple weeks, and you're taking foul shots at the end of the game. That's tough because, you know, that could go – that could go either – that could go anyway, something like that. So for Zeb Jackson to step up there – and let's see, there it is, 32 seconds left. So actually they're ahead. They're ahead, excuse me, as I'm trying to scroll this bloody thing down. There you go. They're ahead, and they just go ISO 1-4 – Toby gets the pin down like Josh Pastner talked about. Zeb finds that angle and that lane, and God bless him for this. He gets all the way to the rim, so that's how he gets the foul. And he steps up and hits them, and then turn around and hits the ones again to seal it. You know, that's, that is a tremendous job uh, by Zeb there. And again, coming off an injury and having not played for a few weeks, who the heck knows? And yes, David Ellis, Ellis, give Barristow some credit. He played some deep. He played some good defense tonight. Unfortunately, he and everybody else fell for the shot fakes, especially early in the game. But they kind of took that away down the stretch. They really took that away down the stretch. And let me see here. I'm going to look for. Let me see here. Let me just see scoring because that's the other thing. They wouldn't have had a lot of because it was 49-40. They would not allow a lot of field goals after that. Let's see here. So they get to 49-40, uh, Davidson. And that's also the Durkin three we talked about before where, you know, it really wasn't against a set defense because what you call it fell down. So they get Kachera, a layup. So that's one basket. Hunter Adam, that's – okay, so there you go. Here's the key point. So Connor Kachera hits a layup to give Davidson a four-point lead. Davidson goes six minutes and 26 seconds, no field goals, just two foul shots. Uh, and then Adam gets the, gets the basket to cut it to 55, to cut it to 57, 55. So there you go. That's that. And that's just, they played some really great defense in that stretch. They cut those, they cut off those dead gum drives. Uh, they fought through the curl. They, 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 they stopped that curl action and didn't do that. I, look, Kevin, it wasn't a good night for Barristow, but he didn't force shots, and he found other ways to contribute, and that's the mark of a really good player. We've seen this. Vince uh, Vince Williams was a master of this on those nights when he wasn't scoring the basketball. He would always find another way to contribute, and that is that's character, and that's thinking of the team. And we've had some frustrations with uh, with Sean Barristow at times, uh, especially about in terms of playing for the team and thinking for the team. He did that tonight in spades. So I'm not, I I I don't want. I mean, it's not a great night for him on the on the stat sheet, sure. But I'll tell you what, he was tough, and he made some good plays, and he got some assists, like Bruce Stevenson says, and he played good defense. And look, you got to praise them all. I mean, again, to hold them. 
to no field goals for over six minutes, almost six and a half minutes down the stretch of a game where you're behind, that is big time. That is big time because, look, to do a comparison, say, the kind of night VCU had out there, that's the kind of night Dayton had at the Robin Center tonight. And Dayton couldn't pull that game out uh, where VCU was able to. And that's just that just shows you right there. Um, and yes, I would have liked to have seen Fats, mainly because I would have tried Fats on Kachera and see if that would have worked. Um, you know, so that's that's one of those things. And and John O'Neill, that that's a fantastic point. John O'Neill says Davidson's guards got deep into the paint in the first half, and early in the second half they got worn down at the end. Well, and that's the other thing: the lack of turnovers. You really only saw maybe two or three real quick trigger bad shots early in a possession. Um, and VCU really worked Davidson both ends of the floor. And I think you're absolutely right, John O'Neill. It absolutely it, it wore them down. It wore them down. And, and I mean, you look at these, let's see here. Let's look at that second. I mean, well, the problem is we don't have an individual second half box score. But I think you see it. You know, Kachera, Kachera, I think, had 15 points in the first half. I can at least figure that out, I think. It may not be up there. Um, but I think I think Kachera – well, see, it doesn't say it only has a team stats. That's so frustrating. I think Kachera had 15 points at halftime. So they put the stop on him. He only had four points in the second half. Davidson only went a little bit into their bench. Moss only played three minutes. Adam played 25 off the bench. Brizzy played 11. Spadone played 14. So they played eight guys, essentially. They played eight guys, essentially. Oh, mercy. Um, and, I, and I think that's right, too, John O'Neill. I think VCU's height was a problem. But, of course, Davidson's height was a problem. What I The biggest thing I can't understand from this game is with some of the speed that VCU has, how in the hell could we not get around them to get to the basket? I mean, some of that's great defending by Davidson and the way they played, but I kind of wonder if VCU needed to go through, needed to try to go through some contact more because there were a lot of drives where they'd get close and then they go, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, and, and, and I just like, you, you got to be willing to take that foul sometimes because I think other people are going to see that and maybe say, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, if we could stop these drives and make you pull it back out, then we, then we've kind of got a good situation here. I don't know that, that, that's something to mull over. And it's one of those things where I think I'd like to see it again. Well, they got around us, John O'Neill, because they, because VCU, was giving them the angles in the sense that, you know, they were trying to stay tight on them. The other issue was, at least especially early in the game, they were falling for these shot fakes way too much. And look, Davidson don't want to shoot the three. And they shot 19 of them, which is probably more than they wanted to. They were four 19. So once again, VCU's field goal, three-point field goal percentage defense will continue to improve because once again, another team could make jack squat out there. Um, and again, out of the eight they took, I think they took three or four in the last four minutes. So for most of the half, they weren't doing any of that. Oh, gosh. So And remember something, too. Richmond could have lost to Davidson. You, that, that shot at the buzzer in regulation, that should have went in and went in and out. 
And we, and to be fair, to put it all in perspective, no Skogman tonight. That was big. Granted, Kachera essentially replaced Skogman's uh, production. So, you know, it, I mean, it was kind of a wash. And, and you know, doggone, doggone Matt McKilla, he really pressed some good buttons and did some interesting things out there to contain us. And then kind of wait and kind of, and we and play small. And honestly, I think that's why the wall had such a good second half. I think the wall was a better reaction to the how they were playing. And he had some really good defensive plays, and he could, you know, he could front, he could do a better job on Reed Bailey because golly, I mean, Reed Bailey, it was all foul shots for him tonight. He has 10 points, he's one for five from the field. It's all, it was all foul shots at them. Well, even Ad Fordham could be a pain in the butt, although Fordham, for some reason, is way better on the road in conference play than they are at home. Don't don't ask me why that is, but it is. Um, oh, yes, Darren Grimes, and, and I totally agree. I mean, making these making ten straight foul ten straight foul shots to win this game is is just fantastic. And again, not most. That's after a match Max Shulga miss. So it's Shulgum, out of the four free throws they missed tonight, Bamasil missed one, which was the front end of a one-and-one. Shulgum missed two, and Lawal missed one. You'd have never in a million years think that Shulgum would miss more free throws than Lawal. And Toby Lawal, seven out of eight. I'm so proud of that kid. That is awesome. 13 points, which is <laughs> third highest on the floor. Kachera led everybody with 19. Shulgum has 18. It is crazy, Carlos Diaz, because we've been so bad at it for so long, and it's such a turnaround. And they mentioned it top twenty-five in the nation, and we may scoot up a little bit more. I mean, that's but that's how you win these games like this, because it was not going their way. A lot of things were against them. They were struggling. They couldn't get to the rim. It it felt like at times that they were kind of you know driving into blind alleys and and kind of pushing the boulder up the hill and having it roll over them, roll back over them. And yet they ground out this victory. And somebody said it, the Broad Street Bullies. We are not VCU. Maybe in a few years it'll change. But right now, the way this university's basketball team has been, we aren't going to win pretty. We're not a pretty team. We're a, we got to be tough. We got to punch you in the mouth. And look, we got to take a few shots too, but come back for more. VCU did that tonight, and I'm so proud of them for that because this is a game they really should. This is, I mean, the guy on the the, the the Davidson guy on Twitter, he said he felt like this game slipped away, uh, and I and I kind of agree with him. Davidson had a lot of this their own way, and had, they had the kind of game they wanted, and VCU won it anyway, and that's just awesome because that's not an easy thing to do. That is not an easy thing to do. And if you're going to win a championship in this league or you're going to finish in the top two or three, got to win games like this, and they did. So there we go, five and two, five consecutive wins, 11 consecutive road wins, all of them in the A-10. And now it's St. Bonaventure, who after they kicked our behind at the Siegel Center, sank like a stone, but they might be back. Because I don't know if you saw it, but St. Bonaventure beat the absolute mess out of St. Joe's on Friday on the Friday 10. Just destroyed them in the second half. And it's just classic that just in time for us, it looks like they have found their whatever. 
uh, and they might have they might have their mess together. Because let's see here, they won two in a row. They beat up on um, um, no, they didn't win two in a row. Uh, they beat up on Rhode Island, then lost two in a row, and then they whooped whooped St. Joe's behind, just going off in the second half. Moses Flowers went crazy. So all right. I have been furious. I have been going on and on on social media about, God, that St. Bonaventure loss and how in the world did we lose this team when they've looked like, you know what, the next five games. Well, okay, this is the makeup time. You got to be, if you're going to catch, if you're going to, if you're going to threaten Richmond and Dayton, you got to go up to St. Bonaventure and you've got to give them a receipt and pay them back for the way they hot-walked and shoe-shuffled and danced all over your behind at the Seagull Center. Um, you you got to make – you can't let Moses Flowers get loose. you got to make Daryl Banks work for his points. you got to get right after their rear end. Um, and you gotta, and, and you got to get physical and you got to get tough. And, look, uh, Chad Benning just can't eat us up the way he did. So, mainly – you know, Furman had a tough night tonight. Furman's really got to stay out there on the floor because he actually did a half-decent job. And somebody was asking about Roosevelt Wheeler. Honestly, I hope Roosevelt Wheeler gets in the game. If for no other reason, then maybe he can battle with Chad Benning, take a few fouls, maybe lay a few licks on him. He's definitely got the size to at least attempt to, 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 to get in Chad Benning's way. Uh, but this has got to be a Christian Furman game uh, on Tuesday because he actually did halfway decently against Benning. It was the wall that got that got his tail busted by Benning a bunch of times in that game. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. I mean, Moses Flowers, 23 the other night, last night. Daryl Banks at 29. They actually clamped him last year. They got to find a way to do it this year. So, look – uh, they've turned things around. They th- this game keeps them right up in the top bracket, so it's a huge, huge win. But now you're now facing a team that 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 walked all over you at your place. So you got to come up there, and you got to be as mean and tough as you were tonight. And you got to work. And and if things are going wrong, if Venning gets off early, you got to soldier and power through it the best you can. And figure this out and figure out a way to do this. So there we go. Great win. Hard fought win. Gutsy win. All those VCU players. Credit to all of them. Credit to the coaching staff. Especially with the foul shots because it made the difference. And so it's Tuesday and CBS Sports Network again. So like I say, I'll be crossing my fingers and toes and I'm going to race home to try and get here so we can watch. It's another CBS Sports Network game, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. So, yes, yeah, CBS Sports Network on Tuesday. Uh, so I will definitely have to race, to race to my stepdads like I'm here tonight, and we're going to do it. Um, look, Bruce, we can beat St. Bonaventure. We can beat them. We just, we just got to understand that we've got to concentrate on that defensive end for all the 30 seconds. Because they're gonna run their stuff. They're gonna they're gonna work their they're gonna work their offense like they do. But look, Duquesne held them to 50 and Richmond held them to 54. There is no reason VCU can't hold them to something in the 60s and find a way to go up there and win. 
They're not a good defensive team. St. Bonaventure. VCU ought to be able to have a little bit of a better time in terms of attacking the basket. And hopefully they'll find their three-point mojo again. But part of that is they're going to have to be a lot more selective than what they were today because they were really, um, you know, they were really not selective enough. And that's why they had that bad stretch in the middle uh, of the game when they weren't making them. But again, I feel really good about where this team is at now because you look at you look at some of these games in this turn streak. George Mason wasn't pretty. They had to grind it out, but they found a way to grind it out. Loyola Chicago, same thing. That was a fight. That was that was tooth and nail. It was such a physical game, but VCU persevered and found a way to win. And then tonight, when they weren't playing well, when they were down nine in the second half. And it looked like it was going to be another one of these nights at the Belk Arena. And DCU showed the grit, showed the toughness, showed the ticker that we had that they needed to have uh, to find a way to win that. So do it again at St. Bonaventure and really show everybody in this conference that VCU is a serious player and can get to Richmond and Dayton because that's what they'll show if they win. So thank you all for the comments. I really appreciate them. If you're not a part of the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group, you should be. Because, again, the game threads are fire, as always. We have our normal features, scoreboard watching like we do with our non-conference and our A-10 brethren. VCU by the numbers on, uh, on Wednesday or Thursdays during the week so that we can, so that we can have a good snapshot of where VCU's at um, and other things like that. So, and of course, we keep our eye on our other teams. And if I'm not mistaken, the women's team is tomorrow. The women have a massive game tomorrow. Um, I think it's uh, doggone George Mason. I think it's like 1 o'clock or something like that. Let me see here real quick. It's at George Mason on the ESPN+. Plus. It's actually 3 o'clock tomorrow. Huge, huge game, so we'll be keeping our eye on that. So thank you all for your comments. As always, I really appreciate it. Thank you out there in podcast for listening. Talk to you all guys, hopefully live in the Good and the Bagley Ugly Group Tuesday night. If not, Wednesday in podcast land. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.